Welcome to Are We There Yet, a podcast that helps us learn how to live today through thoughts about where we're headed. Each day's episode features a short Bible passage, some of my thoughts on what we read, and a prayer. You can find a transcript for today's episode at www.awty.me slash reststop. That's www.awty.me slash reststop. Today's passage is from Psalm 17. Hear me, Lord, my plea is just. Listen to my cry. Hear my prayer. It does not rise from deceitful lips. Let my vindication come from you. May your eyes see what is right. Though you probe my heart, though you examine me at night and test me, you will find that I have planned no evil. My mouth has not transgressed. Though people tried to bribe me, I have kept myself from the ways of the violent through what your lips have commanded. My steps have held to your paths. My feet have not stumbled. I call on you, my God, for you will answer me. Turn your ear to me and hear my prayer. Show me the wonders of your great love. You who save by your right hand those who take refuge in you from their foes. Keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings from the wicked who are out to destroy me, from my mortal enemies who surround me. They close up their callous hearts and their mouths speak with arrogance. They have tracked me down. They now surround me with eyes alert to throw me to the ground. They are like a lion hungry for prey, like a fierce lion crouching in cover. Rise up, Lord, confront them, bring them down. With your sword, rescue me from the wicked. By your hand, save me from such people, Lord, from those of this world whose reward is in this life. May what you have stored up for the wicked fill their bellies. May their children gorge themselves on it, and may there be leftovers for their little ones. As for me, I will be vindicated and will see your face. When I awake, I will be satisfied with seeing your likeness. Today's reflection on Psalm 17 is called Touching Reality. History class can be a dry exercise in monotony for many bored students. When the history teacher treats the lessons as rote facts to be recited, reviewed, and repeated, pupils' attention spans pass away like every date they've had to memorize. Occasionally, an informed instructor will toss out an interesting factoid, but this small mercy only gives fleeting hope to the students. Once the juicy morsel is consumed and enjoyed, the satisfied learners go back to sleep. George Washington crossed the Delaware, Abraham Lincoln issued the Emancipation Proclamation, and John F. Kennedy sent men to the moon. These events burst with significance because they have shaped our own experience. The individuals who sparked these happenings, however, have passed away, leaving the task of recounting to bored history teachers. Because of this, the historical figures seem to have little relevance on my present experience. For many, Jesus Christ fits comfortably into this sort of historical category. He was born on a specific date, in a specific place, and lived in a specific culture. His ministry unfurled between the defined bookends of three years, and his life was snuffed snuffed out on a defined date. His moral imperatives are touted for their ethical value, yet for many he lingers in the grave like all the great teachers before and since. His teachings can guide how I live, but he seems to have no living relational reality to me. As a result, instructions in Jesus' teachings fall on dusty preachers who elicit no more excitement than bored history teachers. When we read Bible passages like Psalm 17, however, we encounter a writer who ardently believes that he is calling out to a living God. 
Hear my plea, Lord, David cries, and I will see your face. For the psalmist, his God was a living and present reality to be experienced. God may have descended to the grave, the psalm writer affirms, but three days later, he rose to renewed and continuous life. When many of us hear such bold declarations from the believers around us, we respond with doubt. We declared what the renowned skeptic Thomas said, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my fingers where the nails were and put my hand in his side, I will not believe. Much to the doubting disciples' surprise, the resurrected Christ appeared in the risen flesh. The tremulous finger of Thomas found reality when it made contact with the holes drilled into Jesus' hands inside. Christ comes to us in much the same way. When a pastor declares the gospel boldly and a dead heart awakens to the reality of repentance and mercy, I hear the voice of God speaking. When my roommate continually goes out of his way on the trip to work each morning to give food and water to a homeless person, I see the feet of God. When a friend unexpectedly comes to pray for me in church, I feel the hand of God. In each moment, my finger is making contact with a living reality. Jesus lived and died like the historians affirm, but he also rose and continues to encounter me. He is a present God. Dear God, you are a living reality. You have ears to hear my prayers, feet to rush to my side, and hands to lift me up. As you raise me, I look up to see the eyes of love and mercy, the look of a deity who loves me deeply. In the hands pulling me from the dust, I see scars from nails that were driven deep for my forgiveness. Let me continually come to you, God, for you are present. In Christ I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's thoughts. If you want to join the journey, head on over to awty.me slash join the journey to receive devotional straight to your inbox each morning. You can also find me on Facebook at Are We There Yet Blog and on Instagram at AWTY Blog. That's AWTY Blog. As you go on your journey today, look to Jesus and don't stop asking, Are We There Yet?